Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. The scripture comes from Mark 10, 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the world along the road. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, family. I just want to say a prayer. We could just pray. Father, I thank you for these are your people. And I thank you, this is your word. Word in my mouth with what to say and how to say, so that your people would be blessed. I pray that we have ears to hear, hearts to receive. I thank you for your gift of your love and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this story, we see blind Barnabas, and he is on the roadside. He's sitting. Back in the day, blind men had the opportunity to beg. That was their way of living. That's how they survived. And so he was on the roadside sitting and begging, and he heard that Jesus was passing by. This man, Jesus, the man that was healing the sick, Jesus, something about this man, even though he could not see Jesus with his eyes, he could see him with his faith. And he began to cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. There was a desperation in his voice. Have you ever been in a place where you knew that if something didn't change, I need a miracle. I can't keep living like this. Son of David, have mercy on me. And and the crowd hushed him. Shh. You're doing too much. If you see me lift my hands in worship, somebody may say, you're doing too much. If you hear me say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Maybe for some, I'm doing too much. But you don't know my story. You don't know my desperation. You haven't seen my tears. You're not there when I cry. You don't know my silent frustration. Son of David, is there anybody in this room who can recognize the cry of the blind man? Maybe your cry is silent. No one hears. No one sees. But there was the crowd, shh, be quiet. They probably had the best interest 
They probably had his best interest and Jesus' best interest and the situation's best interest at heart. Often it's those who love you, who have your best interest, are the ones who say, too much. Don't do too much. Don't say too much. Shh. Just let it ride. Because they have your best interest at heart. There are three things that I learned from Blind Barnabas. The first one is, one, Jesus can see you when you can't see him. He hears our cry. Blind Barnabas was looking at Jesus through the eyes of faith, and he cried out. And Jesus stopped. Scripture says he stopped and said, call him. When we cry out to Jesus, we can look at Psalms. We see many scriptures where David called out and he cried out to, to God. When we look at this scripture, we see that Jesus stopped and he called him. And he asked him a question. They said, hey, same people that told him, shh. Man, he calling, he's calling you. Get up, get up. You know, get up. He's calling you. Jesus is calling you. He's calling me. There's this transformation. There's something he wants. He wants to have a moment with each of us. And so he calls him. And he did something that lets me know that even though he didn't see the miracles with his eyes, he understood the power of having a moment with Jesus. Because he, not, he didn't just get up. He stripped off his coat. Let me go back. Because I want to share, share with you my moment. I remember being married. I'd been married 15 years had been in ministry 18 years with my husband, had five kids. And I found myself sitting in a bathroom, crying out to Jesus, do you see me? Desperate, broken, hurting. Jesus, do you see me? This marriage, even though we were in ministry, it was hard, it was abusive, it was toxic. People thought we were well, I was well, but I was broken. And I cried out to Jesus. This message is not about hard marriages, but it's being in a desperate place. He stood up, stripped off his coat. That coat gave him permission to beg. It identified him as a beggar. And when he stripped that off, he stripped it off in faith that who I was, I will not be when I get to Jesus. The moment that I get in the presence of Jesus, I will not be the same. And he stripped it off. 
What do you want me to do? Jesus asked him. There's two, the second thing I learned from blind Barnabas. Sometimes you've got to strip off your old identity to transform into who God wants you to be. Sometimes we have to let go of things that are familiar. We have to let go of things that, that's just the way I am. That's just how I do it. But God is trying to connect with you on another level. That's how I was raised. That's how my mom and my dad did it. And God is trying to move us closer and more intimate with him. He's trying to answer our desperate cry. What they say, if you want something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done. And blind Barnabas stripped off the old identity because he wanted a transformation. He wanted something different. Jesus asked, what do you want from me? He said, I want to see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved. Y'all know it. I once was, but now I, oh wait, I got it right. I once was lost, but now I'm blind, but amazing grace. Amazing grace. What do you want from me? I want to see. I didn't have any issues with my physical sight. But I wanted to see life through new lenses. I wanted to see life from a healed and whole place. I wanted to see life from a better place. I wanted my children to see life from healthiness, not brokenness. I had to strip off something. And let me tell you all, let me just share this. When you walk away from a city that you've been living in 18 years, all your grown life, your church folks, your friends, your marriage, with five kids, two bags of clothes, and $80, your faith is that Jesus is going to see you. That Jesus has a miracle for me. Because this was one of those situations, Jesus, if you don't do it, it's not going to be done. And I'm quite sure when he stripped that off, many times fear robs us of what we have been praying for. Fear of the unknown. Fear of change. He could have been afraid, if I take this off, what am I going to do now? I got to get a real job. Where am I going to sit? Where am I going to lay? Where am I going to stay? Because I'm, I'm not blind. I'm not disabled. I, I don't get the same benefits that I had as a disabled blind man. Now I'm going to have sight, real sight. Not only am I going to see Jesus through my faith, I'm going to see. This means uh, my whole lifestyle changes. But he said, Jesus, Rabbi, I want to see. I don't want to be in this situation. I want something to happen. And that's when this moment, this connection with Jesus, his faith, his desperation, and his expectation collided. A pregnant woman, when she's pregnant and expecting 
she believes that at the end of her pregnancy, she's going to, something is going to happen. And he had an expectation that when I connect with Jesus, miracles is going to happen. Something is going to transpire. It was so with me. When I took that step and I told my kids, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Mom, don't, mom doesn't know what she's doing. But I want y'all to trust me as I trust Jesus. And we took that ride from Texas, from Oklahoma to Texas. Didn't even know I could drive eight hours by myself. Let me tell you, it was blind faith. And for over a year, we would be homeless. We would live in a shelter. We would live in transition. But I was willing to be transformed and healed. The third thing that I learned from blind Barnabas, Jesus said, go. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the way. Jesus transforms lives. It may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen two years. But if you are connected to Jesus, transformation happens. Any witnesses? Amen. Amen. Church I grew up in, they said amen. Amen. Do I have any witnesses? Amen. 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 A little different. I won't be long-winded and I'm almost about to wrap it up. And when they used to say that, that meant they got about 15 more minutes, but I don't. <laughs> I don't have that. But Jesus transforms lives. Lives get better when we connect with Jesus. I'm that same mama over 15 years ago. Didn't know what she was doing. Did you trust with your children? My youngest graduated salutatorian. Received a full scholarship to Vanderbilt. But decided to go to Baylor, but that's okay. These are my children. My oldest is a medical field, my second is a teacher, the third is a police, my fourth is a therapist. Why do I say this? Because that's not what we were supposed, that's not what we, that's not how it's supposed to end. Statistics say single mother, abuse, brokenness. There's a whole lot of things that is supposed to happen. I'm not supposed to be standing here with you. But because I wanted a moment, I trusted my moment with Jesus. I trusted that he could see me when I couldn't see him. He could hear me when I felt like I couldn't hear him. Because I, I was willing to believe that I could strip off something and he was going to give me something better. And that he transforms lives. I don't know who's desperate this morning. 
But I want to encourage you that Jesus is able to do more than you can ask, think, or even imagine. It doesn't matter what the struggle, disappointment, discouragement, frustration, finances, whatever it is. Maybe no one even knows your silent frustration, your silent tears. But Jesus wants a moment with you. He wants a moment to change the situation, transform your life. And maybe everything is good. But I want you to be reminded on that bad day. When it doesn't feel good, it doesn't look good, it, do, it seems that this is how I'm going to end it. I call it purpose in the poop. How many know that manure is what? Poop. It's animal poop that has sat. But there is power in that manure to produce growth. To produce growth. So someone asked the question, well, what if it doesn't get better with Jesus? All things work together for the good. Because my story got worse before it got better. All things work together for the good. I work with a homeless population and I often tell them, I can help you on my side of the desk. Because I know what it is to sit on your side of the desk. All things work together for the good. And just like poop, manure, it becomes fertilizer. There are things that will happen in life that won't feel good, won't look good, won't smell good, but it's going to produce good. Jesus transformed life. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, Scripture says I would have fainted had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for all things working together for the good. I thank you that you are a miracle worker. You are a way maker. You are a deliverer. You are the keeper of my soul and the lifter of our head. I pray that you would touch every heart that cries out desperately for you that you would transform, that you would take their old and give them something new. God, I thank you that you are running and chasing and loving on us. And may we feel you undeniably. May your life be an undeniable reality. And we take these three lessons and forever be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you found this message encouraging. 
If you would like to learn more about The Vine, get connected to our community, or contribute financially to The Vine's ministry, go to our website at thevineaustin.org.